this. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what is up? Not much. Normal week. Uh, actually, it's easy week. It, yeah, <laughs> the first two days off. Nice and easy week um, of day job. Uh, but yeah, that, I feel like nothing's really going on. You know, it's a lot like uh, the Bengals. Not much going on. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, you had your exciting last weekend. Do you have anything coming up or is it all just kind of eh, whatever? I will say that my friend sent me a screenshot. She tried to get more Ticketmaster tickets uh, for Taylor. I mean, I feel like we're just following Taylor this summer. Yeah, are you going in your groupie? You're following gonna to, Well, we were going to go to Denver. It's in two oh, weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's in two weeks. But unfortunately, didn't get the Ticketmaster code, and the tickets are going for about 1800 still. So I'm going to sit that one out, and I'm going to try to go see Taylor in Europe next year. But other than that, nothing yeah. really – I feel like I know, that's like, just as expensive, right? If not more. Honestly, here's the thing. If I'm going to go to Europe, I love Europe. Uh, go to, you know, just different locations. Uh, maybe go back to London to see what that's all about. I haven't been in a couple years. And then to see a Taylor Swift concert while I'm there, it wouldn't hurt. And I, I honestly think the ticket prices might be a little cheaper in Europe than they are in, in the United States right now. So, yeah, um, well, well, that. I've never been to Europe, so I don't know. Uh, seems great. <laughs> great. Highly recommend. If the Bengals ever go back, I want to go to a London game so badly. Um, I know how people feel about it. They're like, don't take away a home game if it's a home game for the team. And I, I get it for season ticket holders and things like that. But the following in Europe for the NFL is really, really cool. But that's besides the point of what we're going to talk about right now. You know what? We had other plans. We were going to record on Thursday. Maybe do a little Louie and Arumo. And we're going to move that to next Tuesday, a little deep dive on the defensive coordinator, one of the best in the NFL, Corey Dillon, in the news. Um, I mean, it's perfect for a throwback Thursday as we're recording this right now. And <laughs> Ring of Honor talk. We've talked about that this offseason. The Bengals are going to continue that for the third straight year. Corey Dillon on the ballot. Uh, but Paul Daner over at The Athletic had a chance to talk to Corey Dillon. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I said it off the air. I was really surprised with how honest Corey Dillon was. And you might say, why would you be surprised? You saw how it ended. He said he'd rather flip hamburgers than play for the Bengals. He threw things up in the stands um, after a game when he was playing in Cincinnati. He didn't want to be here anymore. And it felt like maybe that relationship uh, wasn't a good one when it ended. Then he goes to New England, wins the Super Bowl, and he was back for the 50th anniversary. I had a chance to talk to him in 2017, and he seemed like things were okay, uh, but he had a few quotes, and I'm going to share a couple, and then I'm going to get your thoughts on it. He said, uh, Paul Daner asked him, he said, let's, let's talk about it. Do you care if I share? And he goes, what do you want me to do with all this? Would you like me to voice it out there? And he said, man, you can quote me for every effing word. He said, print it because nobody gets this. You can insert the word. I wanted exactly how I told you. No spins, no nothing. He was really um, honest with how he feels of the Ring of Honor, the Hall of Fame voting when it comes to, you know, that that part of his post-career right now. Yeah. Uh, look, I love an interview where they don't cut anything else. They mm -hmm. don't cut anything out. That's great. Unfiltered. It's nice. Um, it also does get you into trouble with some 
fans at least <laughs> with airing your unfiltered thoughts sometimes there's a reason the filter will make you look nicer to some people but i love the unfiltered just like it feels more like a real conversation uh but yes uh i think we're gonna get more into it but i remember we had this discussion i can't remember if it was the last pod or a couple of pods ago where i had the take i was like i don't think guys like cory dylan like the Bengals still even with all the different stuff and you were a little more optimistic which could make sense because the 50th anniversary and all of that thing and you know they're doing more every time i've heard willie anderson talk about it because he's one of the only ones from that era that does talk about it he's like yeah we gotta show Corey dylan and those guys love like they don't know that this these fans appreciate him as much as they do and that always just keys me into like He's probably being nice about that. <laughs> like he's probably Corey Dillon's probably still not happy at all with the Bengals, and it makes sense because if Corey Dillon was drafted to a great team and signed there and played there, he's probably in the Hall of Fame. Like that's just how it's it true. is. He was on such bad Bengals teams, and even if they had good pieces on the offensive line, you think Willie Anderson, you could even think of some other guys for those offensive lines, but the quarterback play was what was he there for the for the couple Blake years that were pretty good, or was it all like Achilles Smith, Scott Mitchell stuff? If he was, it was was pretty much just Achilles and Scott. And then a little bit of Kitna. I don't know if I'm missing anybody else. This was in my youth, my, my young youth that I don't remember too well, but um, yeah. Also, I feel like he might've made the hall of fame if he just got drafted in like 2004 to the Bengals and then got to play behind that offensive line with Bobby and Willie and the Carson Palmer at quarterback. So teams aren't able to stack the box the same way. I think he's a hall of fame talent and I understand why he's so upset about that. And even his yardage does meet hall of fame requirements in my mind. It's just, man, his best year probably was that Super Bowl year and winning the ring and all of that. I, I mean, that had to be such a different experience to join the Patriots for a Super Bowl team after the early 2000s, late 90s Bengals. I mean, yeah, imagine walking into – because, look, we can be completely honest with what has changed in the Bengals organization from the front office to behind the scenes. There has been a lot of change. But, yeah, we can look back and say they, they could have done better with a lot of their former players. And there was a lot of losing seasons, especially when Corey Dillon was here. He was the bright spot. I mean, the year that he broke the yard rushing record against the Denver Broncos, they only had, I want to say, two wins that year. And out of all the games for him to do that, they, they get the win. He has a career day, and that was one of the highlights of that season. And it just felt like a lot of lowlights unless Corey and, Dillon was – oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Just my favorite thing about that game, it could have been better. Like he broke the yardage record on, I think it was like 10, nine, eight yards mm-hmm. of carry because he didn't get all the carries. They ended up running for like, I want to say like 350 yards. There was, I believe, a Peter Warwick big, big run in there. A, the other running back got about eight carries. Achilles Smith took a couple. And then they threw the ball like 16 mm-hmm. times and completed two passes. Like if they just ran the snot out of the ball, it would have been even better. Like he could have. He, he might still have the record with how efficient it was. That's the most amazing part of that game to me is like the passing game sucked. They still tried it. They kept trying, even though they should have just handed that ball off and just let him really go to work. It's just, there was meat on the bone of a record breaking performance. It could have been better, but anyway, you can continue. No, it's, it's wild to look back on that. And you know, I get it. 
there was a lot of, you're going to have a bad taste in your mouth if you're Corey Dillon when you think about your time in the Cincinnati Bengals. And he wasn't really active on social media a lot. He does have an Instagram now. I, I'm not sure about Twitter, but I do know he has an Instagram account. He actually reposted the story uh, right before we started to record tonight. He said, hey, this is my own words over on The Athletic. Whatever you're seeing anywhere else, that that's not what I said. This is what I said in this piece. Um, and it's a really good piece. Uh, obviously, Paul Daner is, is one of the best in the business. So go check it out over on The Athletic. And that's going to give you the full quotes and, and more what he said. But the whole point of it is, look, I am a Corey Dillon stan. I've said it 20 billion times on social media. My first Bengals game with my dad was the the, the game that he broke the yards rushing record. And I thought, well, this is awesome. Why wouldn't you want to root for this team? And I was a kid. I, I didn't know better. And obviously they had a lot of losing seasons, but that game changed my mind about the NFL. And, and I knew right there, I'm going to be a fan of the Cincinnati Bengals. And I picked real down year for, for my, uh, my opinion of NFL or, or even a sports team really changed then. And um, I just have always appreciated him. And it was always unfortunate that it wasn't better for him when he was in Cincinnati. And then I was happy for him when he won a Super Bowl ring with the New England Patriots. Um, so I'm a fan of his. But I will admit, I feel like after reading it, there are parts of it that feels it's probably not going to help you get in the ring of honor this year. It's maybe, you know, a next year thing. And, and, and for the Cincinnati Bengals, I actually wish they would get more than two people a year in the ring of honor. They're playing catch up right now. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's huge Back for these guys. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you want your team to, I, I, the hall of fame, we can talk about that all day, all the Cincinnati Bengals players who should be in the hall of fame right now, but your own team has to appreciate you. And the Bengals are finally getting that as a front office and credit to Elizabeth Blackburn for really opening the doors when it comes to the ring of honor. And I think it's absolutely huge. And it's a really good thing. We, we saw it with Ken Riley. Unfortunately, that was really late for the, the hall of fame to notice, Hey, this guy should have been in a long time ago. You shouldn't need a ring of honor for that to happen, but that's besides the point. So I get it. I'm getting, he wants to be in there, but at the same time, I just feel like there are other Bengals players, former Bengals players that will get in before Corey Dillon in the ring of honor. And then the hall of fame conversation is a whole nother discussion. Yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting. He's, you know, he's, he's very upset about, I'm trying to find something real quick, but um, he's very upset about not getting in yet. And things they have it out for him. Like everybody in the ring of honor is the only person he's trying to make the case over, I guess would be, Isaac Curtis and maybe Ken Riley, but I don't see the Ken Riley one because he passed. <laughs> so uh, that's that part of that. And I also think Ken Riley probably higher on the totem pole than him. Um, but Joe Goodberry had an interesting thread on Twitter. Uh, it was his all-time greatest Bengals, Anthony Munoz, obviously, number one. Ken Anderson, number yep. two. Number three, Geno Atkins. Number four, Willie Anderson, which I think I would flip those. But continuing number five 100%. Andrew Whitworth number six number six Ken Riley number seven Chad Johnson number eight Lamar Paris number nine Boomer Esiason then number 10 Corey Dillon 11 AJ Green 12 Isaac Curtis so I think I do agree that like he if you're just basing it off of what they did he probably gets in over Isaac Curtis but at the same time Curtis is getting in there partially because it's so backlogged and you want to get these guys in and celebrate them and give them their flowers while they're still alive after the whole Ken Riley experience like hey let's celebrate these guys before they pass and you know let them know that they're loved and let them you know the city and the fans appreciate them 
while they're still there. Like, I'm sure some of those guys, they don't even know if like the Bengals fans care about them anymore. Like 70s guys, 80s guys. So it's really cool for them to get that. Corey Dillon is absolutely a Ring of Honor guy too. Yeah. It's just when, when he's so upset about it, like he's, he's probably not making it this year. It's my first thought is like Chad's going to get in because he's been so good with the Bengals fans and stuff after post playing career. Um, and I would argue he was better on the field, at least you know, as a Bengal. Corey Dillon, I think if you add in that New England year, maybe you can make the argument. But uh, then the other spot that's open, if Corey Dillon was as good with the fans as Chad, he might have a chance. But because he's not, I think this is – I mean, to me, I think it'll be Boomer Esiason, but it could be mm-hmm. Lamar Parrish. It could be – I feel like it's wide open. Does he get in next year? That to me still feels like it might not happen. There is a, Tim Crumry is an underrated pick Tim, that is Tim on the ballot. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave Lapham has to get in. Uh, there's Boomer Esiason, Lamar Parrish. There's like all these guys who have a similar or better case than Corey. And they've been yeah. right or not. Like that's a big part of it. The fans are voting. So they're going to vote for they guys are. that are nice to them. You know, you track bees with honey. Type thing. I think uh, a lot of people probably saw those quotes today, and they they didn't they didn't. Get I, am, I like the quotes though. Like I just because oh, like, I, I like getting how he actually feels. I, I don't want him to. I don't. I didn't want him to give any false opinion, like pandering to the fans or something. Like we know you don't love <laughs> everything that happened. Um, would I like for it to be a little bit more positive? Sure, but I like that he's honest and uh, he's right that like his play on the field absolutely deserves to make the Ring of Honor. And if the Bengals Ring of Honor opened when it should have in I don't yes. know what like 1990, <laughs> he would be getting in like. He'd probably already be in there, but because oh, yeah. it's so backlogged and they're doing two a year for, I get it because, you know, you don't want to put too many guys in. Cause then if you put in a group that was like Willie Anderson, Boomer size and Chad Johnson, mm-hmm. Isaac Curtis, and <laughs> it's like, well, Isaac Curtis is probably going to go a little under the radar compared to all those guys. So for them to just be on the stage together, I think is awesome. So I get it. I just wish they started this sooner. But yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think the whole Corey Dillon conversation is really interesting. Uh, Hall of Fame talent, in my mind, not going to make it because of the accolades and the stats and the volume and being drafted to a terrible team and staying there for probably too long. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, I think we could look back and be honest about it. Um, I think he showed what he could have been if he was on a good team his whole career when in 2004 with the Patriots. But uh, I'll always appreciate him for his Bengals years. And a big part of the 41-27 smashing of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC Championship game in 2004. That is wild to think about. Um, but but I agree. I mean, honestly, you want a player to always <laughs> – sorry, Nick. Um, but uh, I, I agree with when you say you want him to be honest, 100%. I just feel like probably not going to be any time in the next couple years, maybe next year. Maybe next year we're having that conversation that Corey Dillon is going to be the guy that gets in the ring of honor or, mm-hmm. or the following year. I, just, I think he has I, a case. Would, yeah. Maybe that year. I just think he does have to remember, and we've already said it on the podcast, that it's it's just it's early on. And there are a lot of players. And I've, I've always said it when it comes to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There are a lot of people that you could make a case for, former Cincinnati Bengals, that say they should be in the Hall of Fame right now and they're not in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people look at the losing seasons and they credit that to, you know, 
look who they played for. Look what, what happened when they were there. It's not fair because you can go around the league and other teams have Hall of Famers in the league. You look at the Cleveland Browns with, with Joe Thomas and in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and Willie Anderson's still out there waiting. And Joe didn't see any winning when he was there. So it's just... Tony Baselli, he made the Hall of Fame before Willie as well, played at the same time. Yeah, it's really, it's it's unfortunate with the way I feel like the Cincinnati Bengals are looked at when it comes to the Pro Football Hall of Fame conversation, but I get where Corey Dillon's coming from, but unfortunately, it's still really new, and as a, like I said before, I'm a huge fan of Corey Dillon. Um, I hope he gets in, and, and hopefully, you know, his relationship with the Bengals and, and the front office, you know, gets mended, and, and there's, you know, the fans do appreciate what Corey Dillon was able to do. But I agree with you. I would say he's a top 10-ish Bengal. I wouldn't say a top five right now. I, I saw that floating around on, on social media today, and I don't, I don't, I wouldn't put him in the top five. Maybe top five talent, but I just don't think he did it all for the Bengals is my, it's just my thought <laughs> of, yeah, like, man, when I looked at that list, I think the fifth name was Andrew Whitworth. <laughs> real hard, real hard to put him in over some of these guys. Yeah, it's just it's just the way it is, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, that's a that's a topic of conversation next year that I'm sure that fans will have when it comes to Corey Dillon. And I think we can still appreciate everything that he did when he was in Cincinnati. It was just always unfortunate that, you know, they didn't win while he was here. But I'm glad he had a ring, so... That's all I feel about Corey Dillon. And I'm glad there was a Corey Dillon segment because I'm okay with that when we're in the middle of an off season before training camp and somebody wants to throw a Corey Dillon topic at us, 100%. We will talk about him all day. And like I said before, go check out the story. It's with Paul Daner over on The Athletic. Really good read. I, I would say good read with Corey Dillon, an honest read with Corey Dillon um, about the Bengals Ring of Honor and Hall of Fame. Next, we're going to get to your questions over on the Twitter world. Make sure you're always following Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at LNDS. Patterson on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.